This is Women Who Start Up Radio, podcasting from the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. With 300 days of sunshine, the highest percentage of high school and college graduates in the nation, lots of women entrepreneurs, and more microbreweries than any other U.S. city. Women Who Start Up Radio brings you knowledge, insight, and inspiration from women entrepreneurs and founders. Here are your hosts, Lizelle Van Buren, founder of Women Who Start Up and CEO of Effectively, and Krista Morgan, co-founder and CEO of P2B Investor. Krista. Hello, Lizelle. How are oh, you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. How are you? Uh, also great. I like it when we record on Fridays. I love recording <laughs> on Fridays. Especially after you guys do lunch, because apparently you have uh, remarkable energy after you uh, consume lots of delicious food. We have remarkable energy all the time. Seriously, particularly today. <laughs> it's It was fun to walk in here. There's like a good vibe. People weren't like uh, exhausted end of day stuff. It was more like, oh yeah, I love working for Krista Morgan. Because we have Friday happy hours at P2BI, so mm -hmm. everyone just looks forward to that. What time does that begin? Three. That's that's yeah. Right after this, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we might actually get some drinks during this during recording. the recording. Yeah. Uh, even though we don't condone that type of behavior, Do especially not. while working. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> so what's our theme this week, Lizelle? Uh, we have a theme. We do. It's episode five. I'm excited. I, it is um, awesome. Setting solid foundations and moving the needle. What does moving the needle even mean? What does moving the needle even mean? I don't know. I don't, I don't even, I don't even, I don't know if I like the term. When you think about moving the needle, setting foundations in context of starting companies, right? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, important stuff. I tell you, so this week we've been re-looking at our pro formas, and uh, I actually was chatting to Peter Adams, who runs an angel group, Rockies Venture Club, here in Colorado, and we were talking about the importance of pro formas, because so many people just sort of say, oh, I'll just put together some numbers and, you know, make a hockey stick, and then, boom, done. But mm -hmm. actually, like, we are using... Like as we look at our performance, they really set the foundation on like, how are we going to grow this business over the next couple of years? Right. How many people are we going to need? What are the levers that are going to impact, you know, what levers can we use to impact profitability? I mean, when you speak of performance, yeah. some of our listeners are going to be like, what the bleep? <laughs> what are you talking about? Because, I mean, there's a meaning of performa, right? Which yeah. is like... Um, for the sake of form, but we're not talking in that context. Talk to me a little bit about when you just highlight yeah. me on pro formas. Yeah, so it's really just a financial projection. Okay. So your pro forma it will say every month, like it's a 48-month forward look at what is the business doing, right. how much money are we going to bring in, right. from what channels, um, what's our margin, so what's our cost of goods, what's our gross margin, what kind of operating expenses are we projecting, and right. you bring it all together, but you bring it together in a way that is, you've got some assumptions that drive it. So investors and, frankly, your management team can say, well, actually, what if we only get half the number of clients that we thought we were going to get? Mm -hmm. What is that going to do? Right. And what if we get double? What, you know, will we have enough people? Will, right. And, and you spend a lot of time thinking about it because that's what helps you run your business. And I think specifically for women, 
on that, it changed my whole mindset about getting ready for these for these meetings. That's that's awesome. Like seriously, that's a good conversation. So I have a question. So you touched on with this, and she's a VC, mm-hmm. not just an angel. Okay, so she runs fun, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so uh, it was cool that she touched on the unicorn thing. Um, now, correct me if I'm trying to make sure I understood you. She yeah. said that women are or are not risk adverse. She said they're perceived to be more ah, risk adverse. That actually okay. the perception, so like a VC, and forget, you could read VC, you could read investor, mm-hmm. but but basically that while all the studies are showing that great companies are run mm-hmm. by women, mm-hmm. they worry that the risks that you have to take as an entrepreneur to really be a Facebook, a Google, a, yep. you know, whatever, a Tesla, yep. is that you've got to you've got to take risks and that women don't take risks in the same way way as men do which is hilarious right so a couple of points there in terms of feedback um what are the vcs called on shark tank um oh like the, Mar- the like- damn crew um <laughs> the sharks uh, well one of them the guy robert oh yeah. i'm pretty sure that he's even and i'm 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 pretty sure this is accurate but i'm pretty sure that uh he purposefully invests in more women because he has now stated that the return on investment is unbelievable with his female-oriented CEOs. I mean, he just he gets it. He's not the only one. There's several others, male VCs, who have made a very public statement in context of, hey, unless I'm an idiot, I'm not paying attention to the fact that when I invest in women, they are remarkably successful. Now, we... We can't generalize that all female entrepreneurs who kick off a company are going to be genuinely, brilliantly successful. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Starting a company is very difficult. Um, Finding a problem that millions of people want solved, or hell, maybe you're starting a small company and you just want to solve a problem for a few thousand people, or whatever. It's tough to solve problems, let's just be honest, and then to do it in context of business, um, it has its challenges. So I don't want people to think like, hey, just because you're a woman is going to make you a great entrepreneur. But the opposite's true as well. Just because you're a woman doesn't make you a bad, bloody entrepreneur. (laughs) It doesn't make you less risk-taking, badass, um, entrepreneurial by nature. We have joked about this, and one of our you know, team members and producer Aaron can attest to this. Remember when we joked one day and we talked about the the risk meter? Yeah. And I, I joked and I always said, you know, <laughs> when I'm out there in the world, I'm always like hammering on that red. If you can see like a little leveler going from zero to a hundred, a hundred being extremely, you know, risk, like ding 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 ding. Like we're always like hitting the shit out of that red side. It's like risk, blah blah blah. That doesn't mean that there's not fear involved. And fear and risk, two different things, but we can chat about that on another podcast. Make note. Um, all right. All right. Well, we'll switch gears. I need to give a quick shout out this week Do. to Revelar. Oh. That is, we actually had Jackie as a guest on the show we did. before. And we did. what, episode two? We, yeah. Uh, Can't remember. Three, two, one of them. <laughs> anyway, Revelar is awesome. 
uh, episode two, and Jackie runs this company, and it's like a device to help, like a panic device. Personal security it? wearable. There you go. You said it better than I did. Well, I've read that website about a thousand <laughs> times. Great marketing uh, by Megan, their CMO. Yeah, and they launched a Kickstarter campaign on March 24th, uh, which is actually my sister's birthday. Oh, cool. So belated happy birthday to my sister. Happy birthday, sure Chris's sister. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, she's in Europe on her honeymoon, so it's all right. Oh, okay. Uh, and they raised $25,000 in the first five days. Seriously. It's great. Great it's start. Uh, Denver-based, Revelar, female-founded um, in the personal security wearable space. I'm sorry. Really, really happy for them. Yeah. Uh, check them out, revelar.com, R-E-V-O-L-A-R.com. Um, we love those folks. They are a Women Who Startup member, and uh, we're proud to have them in our community. Rock and roll. Let's go support them on, uh, on, on Kickstarter. Uh, I had a quick side note last night. Here in Denver, Colorado, um, our community is really, really, really gung-ho um, about making Denver the epicenter of the digital health space. Um, there's, this, uh, there's this goal by 2020, the year 2020, to, to really be an unbelievable player in health technology. Uh, Mike Baselli is doing a great effort. Um, he's a, a local entrepreneur here in, in Colorado, and um, he's uh, a part of things like Prime Health, and um, he was a big player in the program that I participated back in February, 101010. Uh, so, you know, health tech is really blowing up. I'm really excited about it. You know, I'm, I'm not really putting anything out there quite yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm really venturing out into that health tech space. I'm seeing what may come in the next nine months, uh, you know, as a prospective CEO coming out of 101010. 10, 10, there, I mean, it's so big. Like, I talked to you before about yeah. just health technology, like this health ecosystem with the power of technology to solve problems, whether it's for... Uh, members or consumers. I, I don't want to call them patients, right? We're not patients, we're people, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, or for, for doctors and physicians. So I'll wrap by saying last night, the Prime Health monthly event that happens here in Denver, Colorado, which was hosted at the Taxi um, like startup business uh, campus, which is a beautiful, beautiful place um, here in Denver. Um, we met there, there was like a couple of hundred of people. It was fantastic received. Wow. I mean, this ecosystem here in Denver, it's it really on fire in the health tech or the digital health space. So I'm really excited to see what help, uh, what happens there. If people wanted to learn more about Prime Health, they can learn um, about it at primehealthco.com. So primehealthco.com. They should have just said primehealth.co, right? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, love what they're doing. It's really interesting to see how technology is going to change the health space. I've got really big hopes for that. And as I start trekking down that um, interesting space myself as an entrepreneur, you, know, you never know. We may do an episode in like a few months, and I could be really well on my way to start chipping away at my next venture. I love that. I, yeah. love that. I, like, I like not sexy tech. Health tech, fintech. Yeah. I'm all about it. I mean, it. I yeah. like sexy tech. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like <laughs> sexy tech. <laughs> but I think technology is sexy, and I think helping people is sexy, and I think doing that at a very, very, very large scale is just awesome. Well, that's true. And yeah. so it's probably not a big surprise that health tech has re – you know, it's weird, though. I would never have thought, if you asked me a few years ago, you're going to go into health tech? Well, 
thing is, yeah, and then you have all those cool crossovers like Fitbit and all that. Well, you know, the, exactly. The yeah. It's not health care. Yeah. Because that shit puts me to sleep. But that's <laughs> that's who we have. That's what we have to help. That's what we have to change. And yeah. entrepreneurs, I think, and innovators and strategic thinkers, like they're going to change that and help. I mean, it was just interesting. I, I sat and listened to four panelists last night. They were all very, very, very successful physicians. And they talked about what they love and hate about this new influx of digital health. And that was just fascinating. Like that's what this prime health thing is exposing us entrepreneurs, innovators. You're in a room full of doctors, nurses, technologists, developers, coders, marketers, entrepreneurs, VCs, angels, all in one ecosystem, just talking about the, the next innovation mo like movement in the, in the digital health space. It's cool, man. And apparently, Denver is on the map. We're number six today. We want to be number one by 2020. So get involved, people. Prime Health, check that out. Anyway, on to other stuff. I'm so excited about our guest this week, Lizelle. Uh, we have Amy Sarah from Think Global Institute. And I feel like we are both massive fans of this program. Massive fans. I've known this chica for, what, a couple of years now? couple of years. couple of years. Thanks for having me. Right when they hit Denver, I, I believe we met, right? Yeah, I think we stalked you on Twitter. Yes, good. Brilliant idea. I know how that works with you. Yeah, and, but you didn't even know that that works with me, and you no. did it anyway, so good on you. <laughs> and don't forget, because we always forget to say this, that we want you to share thoughts and feedback as you're listening to this podcast on our hashtag, uh, women disrupt and at women who start up and now at women disrupt because the Twitter handle was available. Well, yes, but we don't want to confuse the listeners. So, you know, we love you people. We know you're smart, but we're just going to keep that shit simple. So just tweet at us at women who start up, use the hashtag women disrupt. And you know, if your brain capacity, you know, pushes you overboard, you can also follow us specifically at Women Disrupt, where we only post the new podcast now for those junkies who just, you know, can't get enough. But anyway, enough of that. But please do share with us, like Chris is saying. Um, we're going to kick things off with Amy. All right. So in the spirit of this week's theme, which is setting solid foundations and moving the needle, uh, Amy, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself and kind of about Think Global Institute. Give us an overview. Well... I just want to reiterate, the Lizelle and Krista show is why I'm here today, because <laughs> you ladies are hilarious. <laughs> I'm kind of yes, glad that you. people thank can't you. see us. There's a lot of smirking and smiling and <laughs> weirdness happening. Okay. So, my name is Amy, yes, and um, I, we, I started Think Global Institute about four, four and a half years ago um, with my partner and my soon-to-be husband, who knows when that's going to happen, uh, Steve Hazy, And um, we, we both come from completely different backgrounds. Um, my background um, was in private aviation, where I flew with some of the top um, corporate business owners that you could imagine. You know, everyone from CEO from GE to people, just people that you read about in Inc., an entrepreneur, and all these super successful, very inspiring people. And I feel like my... I was never into business at all before then, and um, I listened to them talk about their business and, you know, how they were growing, and, you know, we're talking billions here, and 
you know, that's certainly a high and lofty goal for Think Global Institute. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think looking at um, how they spoke about business and how exciting it, it was, I think that's really when I got the bug of, um, you know, what could I do in business? Um, I transitioned from there um, working with women in developing countries, which is the complete opposite side of the spectrum. And that's actually where I fell in love um, with entrepreneurship because I saw what these women were doing with so little and so many obstacles against them, and they were still killing it. You know, they, they were still um, supporting their families and their communities, and they really truly understand the whole meaning of it takes a village. Um, and they were so inspiring to me. And at the time, Steve was, he had his own consulting firm. And he was working with large corporations and professional athletes because typically that's who pays the bill of a private personal advisor. And he was totally and completely unfulfilled. And he said, you know, at the time we were dating and he said, I'm just, I don't know what to do next. I feel like this is not my calling, but I love business. I love working on the foundations of it all, I don't know what to do next. And I said, well, I could, I could actually use your help because these women, although they are incredible and they've made it so far on their own, most of them could skyrocket if they just had a little bit of um, advice and help, just a nudge. They're not, they're not looking for, um, you know, earth-shattering advice here. And so I asked them to come volunteer um, in my program, and uh, it was the 10,000 Women program. It was sponsored by Goldman Sachs, and mm. it was um, a year long of him volunteering and working with women from over 26 countries. And oh. he got he got bit by the bug yeah. <laughs> of women in business. And he says, you know, he he tells me he didn't think he'd ever worked with a woman business owner before that time. Wow. And the first one that he worked with was a woman from Pakistan, and um, he was absolutely enamored with her. her. Her skill, her drive, her passion, tenacity to just cut through all of the um, scary, difficult things that all you know we all hear about about mm -hmm. you know some of these some of these countries, mm -hmm. and just run this business like you know a true CEO. Wow, and um, you know, we just, we looked at this and we said, there's a, there's this missing middle. There's these women that are starting their businesses and that's excellent and it's inspiring. And then there's these women that have a million dollars in revenue, 6 million, 10 million. But then there's this, this sort of gap where, where did, where do all these, these business owners go that are making, you know, a hundred thousand to 900,000 in revenue. Right. Where do we find them? Because that is the gap in support that we feel um, exists in most cities around the world. Um, governments have typically done, um, and communities have typically done a really great job mm -hmm. at supporting that. Um, it's about 7% of women-owned businesses is, mm -hmm. you know, startup. And then also that 2% who make a million and, and, and above. But there's so much in the middle that, you know, these are the women changing economies and supporting families, and um, they are so busy. And that's why they're hard to find because, you know, a lot of them are solopreneurs. Um, but we created Think Global Institute to be a solution to that, to that missing middle of women that are 
are trying to grow their business. So you kicked this off in the developing uh, world, if you will. So, you know, when we met a couple of years ago, was that 2013? Yeah. Yep. Um, when you, you and Steve just landed here in Denver, the cool thing that you stated, you know, when you mentioned that develop, you, you work with women in the developing world, so many different countries, am I right? Yep. So you, you traveled how many countries? Like, just name off a few so that, you know, our listeners um, can get a context of, like, how many countries you well, yeah. visited and worked uh, so with these women. So we've been to, like, 60 Right. And we worked um, with women in Haiti. Uh, Steve went and delivered a program there for about 150 wow. entrepreneurs um, in connection with World Vision and the U.S. State Department. Wow. Um, I've spent time in Afghanistan. Um, I've worked with women from everywhere in you know, the South Pacific to Pakistan, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, Guatemala, Mexico, wow. um, everywhere and in between. I mean, there's there are incredible strides being taken by women business owners overseas. Right. Um, and, you know, really that's where we found um, this need for support once they've already launched their business and they're showing revenue. You know, a lot of the programs that come through the State Department or American Chambers of Commerce are, again, for startups. And right. so that doesn't change whether you're in Indonesia or the United States, in our opinion. And so, mm. um, you know, we, we said how can we support these women? Because their needs are very custom. So it's time consuming, but it's, it, you know, it does, it moves the needle when you spend that time. So just getting back to think global and your focus, you guys, it, it's kind of like an accelerator program, but better. Cause I feel like you don't, uh, you, I know you have a view on accelerator programs and, and you guys have certain beliefs that you've brought to think global. Yeah, we, we, had a hard time deciding what to call ourselves because we're we're not you know the traditional accelerator but that's really what we are doing um we we do not believe in taking equity and the traditional accelerator takes equity from the woman and we believe these business owners needs to keep as much equity as they can um the the typical woman that we work with um, you know, she's not venture backed. She's not on a fast track to being bought out um, or a public offering. She's, it's that quote unquote American dream. She started her business because she wanted that. We'll talk about this later. Work life balance. <laughs> um, you know, she wanted to be able to be her own boss. She wanted to be able to um, have flexible work hours. Um, she truly believed that her product or service was superior and that she was, she could do something better. Um, but you know, she's, she's, you know, really struggled to get to where she is today. You know, that's our typical client is, you know, they just say, I've done as much as I can. I don't know what to do next, but I know that I have something good and we agree, which is why we bring them into our program and we work with them for six months. Um, we say six months, but Honestly, it's a lifetime. <laughs> it doesn't ever end, you know, and that's what we want. We, we call it the TGI family because, you know, once you're part of this, that, you know, it organically grows. And 80% um, of the women that co have come through our program, which over the last year has been over 40 in three cities, um, about 80% of them have done business together, which we hoped would happen um, and actually just kind of um, spontaneously happened on its own, which was great. So... 
Um, so any any startup challenges? Because it's funny, you and you and Steve sort of have a startup that is helping not other startups, but other companies in that growth phase, trying to take them to the next level. But what's that what's that been like? Kind of because you I know you've got big dreams for Think Global and where you're going with it. Yeah, you know, it was really hard because it it took off really fast. And I think bandwidth was our biggest issue and cash flow. Um, and I think that we're in a unique situation because we are also in the growth stage. And so we can absolutely commiserate with a lot of the, um, you know, the issues that these, these business owners are going through because we're experiencing them as well. And I think also because Steve, you know, is our chief advisor and he's been doing this for 20 years, a lot of times it's hard to take your own advice, even oh, though yeah. you know that you need to. You, we know the answers. I mean, we were just on a Skype call today with our CPA. Mm. And Steve and I are saying, we really do know this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whoops, we forgot to do X, Y, and Z. And I think it's, right. you know, when you have a small team, but you're growing rapidly, everyone is wearing 25 hats. Right. And throw a baby into the mix and that it's all kinds of fun. like a literal a literal an baby. actual it's like, a, it's like a, a circus with a spreadsheet oh that's but that's cool that's awesome um so you touched on baby so let's talk baby and we don't just mean the great company that you're building as a lot of us can kind of call that our babies that's our toddler yeah and right because uh, it's a little grown up now more than um your actual new little family member so, I mean, I have two questions, I guess. So I was talking to someone about this just this week, which is, is it easier to solve other people's business problems than solving your own business problems? And so in context of consultants, I, I mean, it's, I can have a field day sometimes just looking at someone else's business model their industry, their market, their customers, and I can go, oh, do, 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 connect the dots. Um, do you find that that's why you accelerate these women's growth so powerfully? And sometimes you struggle with your own stuff because, I mean, absolutely. I don't know. Is that dynamic true oh, for yeah, you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all, you know, it's when it's so close to you, it's really it's difficult Tough. to see it clearly. And that's why we have our, our own advisors and our mentors that have been with us through the start of this, you know, six years ago when it was first an idea. And, you know, I think that, the other important aspect of our program is um, the fact that we're creating this new network of like-minded women. Right. So this peer support where, um, you know, throughout the first month we meet once a week, right. at least once a, uh, once a week um, for a full day, and we work on each other's businesses. See, that's cool. And the collaboration is incredible that happens in the room because we're industry agnostic. We want everyone to come to the table with non-competing businesses right. and different industries where everyone has a different network experience and expertise to share. So it's complementary. Absolutely. Just learning and growing, learning yep. and growing. Yep. Mm. And it's, it's, it re it's really fascinating to see the aha moments that happen. Um, you know, the only rule that we have is we call it Las Vegas. What <laughs> happens in this room stays in this room. That's cool. Because confidentiality and feeling safe in that environment is the most critical thing. Because yeah. no one is going to grow in a peer-to-peer -peer mentoring situation if you're not open and honest. It's true. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be like... Here's you know, all my dirty laundry. Yeah, exactly. Boom. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. When you're trying to look like you've got it all together. 
Right. And that includes us as business advisors. I mean, we don't have all the answers, which is why we bring in people like Krista at P2B, you know, to say, uh, we are not, you know, we are not experts in the financial industry. Can you please share, you know, some options for, for our group? Yeah. I mean, no one's going to have all the answers. No. And that's the beauty of uh, running a business because yeah. you get to the point where you're like, okay, if I'm going to grow, it's about partnerships. It's about being collaborative. It's about staffing my weaknesses. It's about filling the gaps. It's about that growth is more nodes, more people, Bring out more the concepts in each other. That's really what the the whole concept is. And so we said we talk about work life balance. And one of the things that I love is almost every time I see you, uh, you have your daughter with you, which I which I, I think is amazing. So can you just talk a bit about that? Just talk about how it's been with the startup and having a baby and <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um I will you know, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's not easy. And we don't have any family here in Denver, and so it's tough. Um to feel like a lot of times we're relying on our team, which is the most incredible team on the planet because I love when they'll introduce themselves to people and they say, you know, I do strategy for TGI, I do some of the the special projects, and I babysit Valentina. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Thank you for being amazing. Um, But, you know, the first program that we did here in Denver, I was very pregnant, (laughs) and... I think that I was introduced to a lot of people here in Denver, you know, very pregnant. And so when we left and we went to Phoenix and Milwaukee, when we came back, I had this little baby. And she's been going to meetings with us since she was born. She went to an investor meeting with us at two weeks old. I'm sorry. This is so cool. It's so important. Yeah, I mean, I was born and raised in South Africa. And I don't know if it's the European cultural norms or whatever, but I, I just grew up going everywhere. Yeah. And, and Americans really don't have that box checked off. Um, it's the separation of... Um, and it's rubbed off on me, uh, unfortunately. And I, I have to rein myself back. Like, I don't, I don't like that at all. So yeah. I think it's commendable that you take your kid everywhere. You're going to change her life, her future, and your life for other women, for other business people, for other men. Holy shit, I'm having a financial meeting with these two co-founders from Think Global Institute, and they have their daughter in the room, and there's no separation of this. It's like all or nothing, baby. You know, I'm changing people's lives, and yeah, I have a brand new young family. And it's the whole kit and caboodle, you know. I appreciate you saying that. I mean... Oh, and I mean it. I I mean it. I know you do, and I I really appreciate that. I think it's... Steve and I made an early decision that if that's going to be an issue for people, then it's probably not the partner we want to work with. And that's okay. You can't be everything to everybody, and that's all right. And I think that our view is we want our daughter to be around strong, successful women um, and men. And I think that this work-life balance issue is not just something for me. It's for Steve, too. And people forget that men are in this just as equally as women. And it's something where when we found out we were pregnant – Steve said, all right, I'm going back to work at the corporation. I need health insurance. I need this. I need that. And I was like, no, you're not. Time out. Mm-hmm. We're going to take this slow and think about this because he was afraid that, you know, the entrepreneurial lifestyle wouldn't be conducive to having a small baby. And we, we, we made a decision and we said, we're going to make this work. And obviously if she's, you know, 
not having a great day, we'll figure out an alternative or one of us will go to a meeting. We're not going to be, you know, disrespectful to our, to our clients or partners, but um, I think it's really important to allow people, especially when you're working with women, the familial aspect of it is usually a barrier to them going out and seeking help or attending events because it's during, you know, their nap time or the pickup from school or evening. And, you know, the other evening when we were at um, shift for our drink with think, Valentina was in the back sleeping in her stroller in a, in another room, you know, and I, I think that it's important that people see that now I feel more comfortable and more confident that that's okay with the decision that we've made as business owners that as an entrepreneur and a small business owner, family is family's part of it. I just had a thought, which yeah. is we should, in fact, just ban the term work-life balance and just start to call it work-life integration. Because I think for so many of yes. us, what we want is to have, like, I, my, my work is my life. There is no distinction. Yes. But I don't, like, go home and yeah. stop thinking about work. And as entrepreneurs, we never do. And, you know, I actually love in Colorado, there's a big trend of, like, people going on entrepreneur hikes. And, you know, you go have meetings with people, and you're walking at the same time and trying to get out. And I just, we need more of it. And so I agree with Lizelle. I really, you know... I really commend you because it is a confidence thing. Mm -hmm. I would feel nervous about if I had a if I had a baby and I was bringing my baby around. I would feel like it to investor meetings. Yeah. I, I mean, can you like the thought of that is makes me really uncomfortable, and it must make tons of women uncomfortable. And I just, gosh, I feel I feel like I've had a revelation here <laughs> today. I, and I think it shouldn't. It's I great. think I think the confidence piece is, and I, I think it's the confidence coupled with the respect that she's she is part of our lives and she's going to have an experience that is unlike any other that she would get you yep. know as a she's now 11 months right. and I can't tell you how many meetings she's sat with. I mean, she's playing with, you know, whiteboard markers. She's been in that's our her, meetings. That's her <laughs> toy. Yeah, and I mean And it's great. Yeah, it's it's fine. It doesn't distract from what we're talking about. You know, here's the interesting thing. I'm going to switch gears for just a second. As we're speaking about families, entrepreneurship, da-da-da-da-da. I, I experienced 10-10-10 in February, and I walked through this interesting process. And, and the interesting thing about health um, or being healthy is this, and you, Krista, said that word, integration a family. And so it was interesting. One of the wicked problems was like end of life. And I know this is a bit far-fetched, but, you know, stay with me for a sec. We become so isolated from our young and our old that young children are isolated from their adult parents. Old, our parents and our grandparents are isolated from us as we become adults. And that's not a cool it's new social norm. It's no. not healthy. In fact, it has changed, I believe, this country, the United States, is health course of health, that disintegration, that disassociation from being more integrated as a, from a lifestyle perspective, I think it's, one, I think it's really shitty. Mm -hmm. And two, I think it's really unhealthy. And, and, I, and I think it shows. I think that's why we're like depressed and all this stuff. You know, it was funny. I, I paid attention because I live here in Denver in the Wash Park area. And, and I go to Wash Park probably every day. I don't have a human child, but I have a furry kid. Um, so our dog, um, Shugs, our boxer, I mean, 
you know, like I take that kid everywhere I can. She shows up in meetings and all that stuff. It's not the same. I know. No, but I, it's but part it's of, the it lifestyle is, yes. in a way where I'm trying to integrate that mm -hmm. because I love that little monster so much and I don't, you know, and her life is short. Yeah. And anyway, um, the interesting thing is, is, you know, again, like it's like a major hat tip because Krista pointed something remarkable out. Krista is, she may not always seems like she is, but she's a confident young woman who's building a company. And, you know, for her to very honestly say like, shit, if I just had an infant, mm -hmm. I would be nervous as all hell to even fathom, to integrate that. Now, if we're fortunate enough, we create a structure of partnership and family members or friends or whatever that helps us out, right? Uh, that's how we do it. It takes a village. And I'm not you know? saying if we had a nanny, I would leave her home for many meetings, but we don't. So, right. you know, maybe in the future that'll be a reality for us. But for right now, it's just this is our reality. We yeah. have to bring her with us. So, I mean, I've got all and these. And as a nursing mom, yeah. that has a whole, yeah. a whole other set of challenges. And I'm sure some people will completely disagree with me, and that's fine. But it's interesting. I just watched a news article or whatever where business executive women who were all moms to youngins. Man, I'll find this article and I'll share it with our listeners on the website and with you, Amy, personally, because they all had um, uh, nursing uh, rooms. That It was very, very cool. I mean, sometimes I wonder about this, you know, as the founder of Women Who Start Up, I bring all these women together once a month. I worry sometimes like, okay, so where's the kids? And of course they have made arrangements yeah. so they're either you know and that's that's great that's fine like i'm not objecting i just i think about it like uh, i know for some european woman when i first kicked off this uh, monthly events she would always bring her teenage son um she's like i mean i'm mom and that kid is my responsibility and just because i'm going to an event where i'm going to enjoy a glass of wine and speak business with other like he was always there um, he said hello and stuff. We make sure he had snacks and stuff, but he like, he was either on an iPad or doing homework or reading or something like that. So he kind of just zoned out, but you could see he was accustomed. Like, okay, I'm doing something with my mom right now. And that's just the way it's going to be. Cause she was a single mom. What a, what a, um, a well-balanced child. He probably hopefully is, will, you know, become. will be, but yeah. yeah, I think it's just a choice and so it's hard. I think that a lot of um, event organizers or whoever it may be don't typically think about that, childcare. And I never realized how difficult it is to arrange things like that. And um, even, yeah, nursing moms, where do you go to feed your baby? I can't tell you how many uh, janitor closets and um, crazy rooms that I've had to feed her in because there was nowhere private or, you know, it's just there's so many bizarre new things that you have to think about when a a baby comes into the picture that I never imagined myself even thinking about ever. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, for our events, um, we try to start at 10 a.m. and then we end at 3 um, for our workshop days because we know that the majority of the women in our program, at least this time, had children. Mm -hmm. And so they appreciated that they could get their kids to school and then get home to pick them up. Um, if we had, you know, extended it on either side of that, they would have a really difficult time trying to figure out what the heck to do with their kids. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's just awesome. little tweaks that you can make yeah. to make it easier for, for that mom or dad that is that primary caregiver. 
Yeah, we just had a we just had one of our team members come back from maternity leave, and we actually did have to think about where could she go and pump during yeah. the day, and <laughs> and it was just one of like never thought Very about stuff, it before. Yeah. But uh, luckily, our building our building has a place for that. So well, That's not not an great. official place, like a a good place. <laughs> I mean, don't you think it's kind of bizarre that we have become quote unquote so modern that we have forgotten contextually how to make it safe and available for mothers to be mothers, fathers to be fathers, people to take care of newborn kids. I mean, it's kind of insane. And I think we could ex explore this a ton more. I quickly want to say a hell of a big thank you to Steve and Amy for the work that you do for women entrepreneurs. We need you in this world. Continue to do your great work. We want to learn more about you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's wrap up by just... Tell us quickly, how can people learn more about your company, get involved, and support you? We are on Twitter at Do You Think Global with D-U, the letter U. Uh, www.thinkglobalinstitute.org is our website. Uh, we come back to every city annually, and so we just wrapped up our Denver program. Um, next, we head to Milwaukee, then back to Phoenix, and then we um, would love to announce that we are adding Las Vegas at the beginning of 2016 as a new city for us. Um, our goal in the next three years cool. is to add uh, 20 cities, and we're going to have teams in each of those cities, so that's sort of our, our scalable growth plan. Um, but we would love to meet women that are uh, past the startup stage, showing revenue, really looking to grow their company, mm -hmm. um, and to have an access, access to a network of like-minded um, business owners. Mm -hmm. um, we would love to meet them now, uh, you know, for next year's program. How can we bring you to some of our continuing events with this, this year's cohort? You know, we, we're going to hold events for them throughout the entire year, so we'd love to bring new ones in and just start working with them now to see how we can support you um, until we actually have our institute next year. All right. So if you know a great women-owned business that needs to take it to the next stage, make oh. sure, or you are one, that's right, or you are one, you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, then just uh, get in touch with uh, at Do You Think Global or even at Women Who Start Up, and we will put you in touch with Amy. So thank you again, Amy, for joining us. Thank you to you and Steve for the great work you're doing. Thank you both. And you ladies are amazing. Seriously, I'm Thanks, like so Amy. inspired by you, both of you. I mean, oh. talk about two kick-ass women business owners. I mean, you're inspiring so many people. I mean, the amount of people that you're in front of every day, whether it's through this podcast or, you know, in the different events that you host or webinars or, I mean, you're doing so many things. I don't know how you do it all, but you do it and you do it with class. And I appreciate you bringing us in today. So thank you. That was very, very kind. Thank you. I only very speak much. the truth. Yes, I have come to know that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Amy. Um, we need some reviews on iTunes. <laughs> and if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, do us a favor. Go on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, Stitcher and leave a review. Um, tell us what you love, what you don't love. Hashtag Women Disrupt. And tell everyone you know about the show. Or don't, but then that's just really rude. <laughs> no, we definitely want to hear from women. We want to hear from other entrepreneurs. We want to hear from anyone who uh, finds the show interesting. We've been starting to get some interesting feedback, uh, people finding us on SoundCloud, people finding us on iTunes, people finding us on Stitcher, uh, men and women alike. Um, so it's really interesting to start hearing from you. But we need your feedback. Like We want to understand, um, listening in on women's voices as entrepreneurs, 
um, their journeys. We find it um, a part of my life's work. I find it, um, I'm very passionate about sharing the stories from other women's uh, points of view. I think if you see it, you can become it. I think that's a very, very important aspect of entrepreneurship, specifically for women. And, you know, Amy, our guest today, touched on being in the de developing countries. And so not everyone is as fortunate and lucky as we are here in Denver, Colorado, with uh, an abundance of uh, economic development and startup community awesomeness and so much access and uh, people that can mentor us and we can just ask questions. And if you're isolated out there, um, what women who start up from a virtual standpoint wants to start providing more of is that uh, lack of isolation. We want to reel you in. I want you to hear women's voices. I want you to understand that the journey, whether you're alone out there for now um, or when you start cranking away with other team members, um, it's always going to be challenging, right? Business is challenging. But um, that's the, the goal to, to start reaching people who may not be um, in amazing startup communities and have so much access to resources and, and great people. And I encourage you to be the start of that. You know, if you're in a really small town, be the beginning, um, you know, uh, start that startup ecosystem, start your little community. Um, if you want to be a woman who startup chapter leader, we're starting to really um, create a framework in that regard. So check us out on womenwhostartup.co. And with that, I think we're going to wrap episode five. It was incredible, always incredible to talk to my lovely co-host, Krista Morgan, right here from Denver, Colorado. We're sitting here in the P2B investor conference room, as always, and having a really, really good time. And big thank you to Amy, our guest, and Aaron and Leah, our very, very awesome producers. Have a great week, everyone. And as always, keep climbing. Thanks for listening to Women Who Start Up Radio with Lizelle Van Buren and Krista Morgan. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to tell everyone you know to subscribe on iTunes. Check out our website, womenwhostartup.co, and follow us on Twitter at Women Who Start Up. And don't forget our hashtag, Women Disrupt. This has been a Women Who Start Up production. Join us next time for another edition of Women Who Start Up Radio.